Hello and welcome to the Tillage Edge with me, Michael Hennessy. This is the weekly podcast for all your tillage news and advice. In this episode, I'll be discussing spring malting barley with Owen Lyons, the Chagas Four Malt Joint Programme Advisor. I first ask Owen how spring barley is progressing during the drought. The catch and buy being in the southeast uh, of the country, I suppose there's large variances between crops um, when you take the Wexford type crops versus further up the country when we move into Carlow and Leash Kildare and further into the northeast. And I suppose, look, for the most part, the Wexford crops are generally looking looking good. Um, they have strong tillers uh, on most of the crops and, and, and good plant stand as well. But we saw over the past maybe maybe five days to a week that that moisture that was in around the root zone has has disappeared from the crops. So there are small stresses coming through on these crops, but for the most part, they, they are looking very good as of today. Now, look, as we move forward, further up the, the country, um, as I said, in, into Carlo and Leash Kildare, there is a deterioration in the quality of the crops. So look, a lot of these crops, um, they've been under stress for the past three to four weeks now from, from lack of moisture. And I suppose, look, although there was a good plant stand there and tillers were coming nicely on, on these crops, over that, that spell of the past three to four weeks with, this, with the stress that, that they were under, these tillers have dropped off um, and really you can't see them contributing much to yield at this stage. So the crops are they're after thinning out a good bit, Owen. Uh, are you seeing... I suppose myself, I'm seeing as I'm walking through some of those crops, um, a, a lot of ground, I suppose, as you're actually walking through the crops. And yeah, maybe worryingly enough, they are starting to head out maybe a little bit as well. Yeah, yeah, they're pushing, they're pushing straight on to, to um, the awns emerging. And really, it's them tillers that, that had the potential to be there to, to be nice, thick crops. But really, that, that potential has been lost a bit by, by the lack of moisture. Oh, and you've had a number of weather monitoring stations uh, across the region. Um, what sort of differences have you seen in rainfall since the barleys have been sown? Yeah, look, I suppose the, the data from the rainfall from, from the weather stations on our monitor farms, it, it further kind of strengthens the, the north-south divide uh, when it comes to, to the progression of crops. So look, just to give you an idea of the rainfall, I suppose, I picked the date of March 20th. Um, to May 31st and I kind of, that's kind of the roughly the, the sown uh, period for a lot of, of spring crops. So firstly just to look at, at two of our Wexford uh, weather stations, our first one uh, located in Ferns in North Wexford. In that period it had rainfall of 53.6 mil um, and another station in New Ross had 71.2. So look when we compare that I suppose to the Met Aaron 30 year average uh, for, the, for that particular area that's coming in at 146.3 mil for the same time period. So we are significantly back um, on, on what our average rainfall for that period would be. But I suppose the picture is, is further worsened when, when we look at our stations in, in Carlow and Strabally. So look, in Carlow, which the farm is just located outside the town, the total rainfall for that period was 36.3 mil, um, and our Strabally farm then was 44.2. And they're compared to that 30-year average of 130.2 mil. So a long way off what our average rainfall would be. Now, look, I suppose for, while the rainfall in Wexford, you know, it has been well below our average, but the rainfall that has fallen in that period has come at, at a very good time uh, for crop development. And really, that, that's what's leading on to, to, our, to the crops down there looking so well. Um, and then compare and contrast that then to the crops further up 
Um, like we'll see that that rain that that fell in Carlo and Strad Valley, I suppose, didn't come as as much of a beneficial timing as the Wexford rainfall came at, uh, and that has leading on to, to the crops that we have today that that are thin and probably hasn't developed the way we'd like. Okay, yeah. So it's a it's certainly a contrasting picture there and and how do you think that's going to uh, develop into yield potential on the various crops now yeah i suppose for, for the good crops I, I would still think that the potential is there um for for a, an average to good yield um to come through like you know we, as i said we have the plants we have the tillers um and really the potential re- remains there um like unfortunately for them poorer crops for, for up north we go that continued stress of lack of moisture um, has inevitably meant that tillers have been lost. So it will have an impact on yield um, when it comes to harvest time. But look, I suppose while rain and moisture will still be beneficial to these spring crops to, to both good and bad, I suppose it is required as soon as possible um, because as we kind of know, once the, the barley shoots out uh, and the head comes out, really the yield has been set at that stage and rainfall at that stage is too late and we've seen over the past few days that, that some of them early crops the head is or the ones are, are starting to come out so they are it is um, going to be it is early for that to be happening and um, once the head is out I'm afraid I don't think moisture is going to have a big impact on yield. So for the for, for the good crops good and all as they are they still have a way to go in terms of filling out if you like and 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 they need moisture to do that um and for for the what if we get say a lot of rain maybe say we get maybe a week's rain over the next week there's no chance of those relatively poorish looking crops coming back now i i I think because of this extended period um of stress on them poor crops some of them tillers really have have given up uh, and they won't come to much. But the fear that we would have, and I suppose more so from a, a malt and barley point of view, um, is that some of them weaker tillers might just come on, but th- they're still going to be behind the, the main shoots um, that are the main tillers that are there. Uh, and it could cause more harm than good from from point of view of green grains in the tank, which, which could have issues with protein levels uh, from a malt and barley point of view. Okay. So how would you see uh, is straw yield going to reflects grain yield in in the sense of that, that there might be an awful lot less straw out there to be sold this year i i think it will it's noticeable how how short crops are uh spring barley crops are um even the good crops um while although the, the tillers are there they, they are visibly short um and really as i said in similar way to, to yield being set when the on comes out really when when the ons are out and the head comes out the the amount of grown uh, um, much taller that crop is going to get will be limited. Um, so, look, I think we are looking at, a re- at for some crops, um, a reduced yield, um, grain yield, and I suppose for majority crops, we will be probably looking at a reduced straw yield also. Okay. So I presume then, seeing as we have all this dry weather, um, disease levels must be very low out there. What scope does that give a grower to adjust the final fungicide application? Yeah, and I suppose that that's a question that, that many growers are asking uh, at the moment, and and are rightly so to be asking that question because as you said, disease levels and disease pressure on spring barley is extremely low, uh, and that temptation is there to to cut back on your on your fungicide spend in, in order to try and save save money on the crop. 
But I suppose, look, the way I would look at that is that um, your T2 fungus ap application on barley, um, you know, it needs to protect that plant for probably the next three to four weeks uh, to prevent disease coming in. And really, in that time period, although our weather is, is settled at the moment, it, it could change in that time. Um, and that could, could progress on to, to higher disease pressure. And really, if we don't have that plant protected uh, well enough, the disease could come in and we could have a hit on yield um, as a result of that. So look, I, I, the advice I would give to, to growers with spring barley in relation to T2 fungicide would be to look at the, the crop that you have in the ground and to try and tailor your fungicide spend uh, in relation to the crop you had. So look, the example of that would like, if a crop looks as it should, you have, you have a nice number of tillers uh, and plants there, the reality is you'll probably have your, your, your target number of heads come, um, come harvest time to give, you, to give you your desired yield. And really applying the normal type of, of T2 to that crop is, is probably best practice to try and push the, the, to get the most potential um, as possibly can out of that crop. And it was as, as we come down then and we look at the, the crops that maybe are not going to, to perform very well and the potential is not in the crop, to reduce our fungicide spend um, on them crops to reflect how the crop is looking. And really, the chances are that, that them thin crops, the disease pressure will, will more likely be lower in them crops anyway, uh, because they are that much thinner. And you were saying a, a typical fungicide for the better looking crops. What sort of products are you looking at uh, for that typical application, if you like? Yeah, so, so the type of products you're looking at is, is sort of your, your products such as your Cerex, your Alatazira, Siltra, Helix, Intrex, all these type of, type of products um, will be sufficient for, for your T2. And really, the rate of, of these products, a half rate is, is optimum. Um, and that has been shown in the, in the trials in OPARC to, to give sufficient control um, of disease at, at that T2 timing. And I suppose just to mention timing in itself, um, that sort of period when the awns are coming out um, and it, kind of at the paper stage is the most ideal uh, timing to get your T2 applied. Um, and the trials have shown that, that it gives about 0.3 a ton a hectare um, increase in yield by applying at that timing versus waiting until the head is fully out on the barley. Okay, I suppose I'm, I'm wondering, I'm not sure we have the results to, to, um, to back it up, but I, I wonder, does that make a lot of difference this year, given the year that's in it? Certainly best practice, perhaps, I suppose, for, for, for crops further south um, that have the better yield potential. Um, but can I also then ask, uh, obviously we can't, maybe some growers only come up against this, we can't use Bravo or Chlorotalanol anymore um, this year. It, it became uh, delisted, I suppose, since the um, late May. Um, the alternatives out there, what should guys be using? I suppose, look, for, for spring barley growers this year, um, Falpit is probably the most um, best alternative for Bravo or Chlorotalanol for ramillary control. And really applying that at least with Hector, uh, along with your, your other product, your, your Cerex or Lassier, et cetera, will be best control for, for, uh, for that Ramillary control. But uh, again, it's, it's, it's that, that timing, just to get the timing correct, to get that flag leaf coated with the fulpit uh, and print Ramillary for coming in to the front. Okay. Plenty of talk and chatter amongst um, the trade and, and perhaps farmers there about adding other bits and pieces into the tank likes of um, trace elements, maybe magnesium and 
biostimulants and nitrogen and various other different things. What's your view on those um, additions? Yeah, look, I suppose to look at the role or the potential role of the of them nutrients or biostimulants uh, for the crop, I suppose is to try and prolong that, that green leaf uh, area or to rectify problems, nutrient problems within the crop. And I suppose in, in doing so, it creates, um, allows the plant to photosynthesize more and increase the potential yield of the crop. But I suppose with these um, micronutrients and biostimulants that, that can be used on crops, there is limited scientific data um, that they will contribute to final yield. So the advice that I would have that if you are deciding that, that a micronutrient or a biostimulant is for you to apply a T2, is to try and keep that cost per hectare low. Um, you know, you don't want to spend too much uh, on these products because there might not be a significant yield um, when, the, when the combine goes through, through the field. So just to, to keep an eye on price per hectare when it comes to applying. Okay. Probably always good advice to, to, to ensure there's good scientific backup for any of these um, products that you're putting into the tank. Look, look, look for that first and then, then look for the, for the price. So Owen, you have a good few um, monitor farm sites out there uh, and you have uh, demonstrations or trials, I suppose, on, on some of those farms. What have you got out there and is it yielding any information to you this year? Yeah, look, look I suppose as part of that, that monitor farm program, we do, the trials are put in place to see can we improve the way in which we grow uh, both spring and winter malt and barley. I suppose just to give a flavour of, of the type of trials we have this year, um, look, we, we have a lime trial on, on sort of a lime deficient site just to see crop development versus um, a low pH versus a, a correct pH. Um, we also have use of growth regulators, so like your psych cells and K2 to try and, to try and promote um, tillering of spring barley. We also have then um, trying to assess, assess um, protein levels and yield um, using different nitrogen rates post the catch crop. So we're trying to see what level of nitrogen uh, the catch crop is bringing to the following crop. And then we also have a bit then on winter malt um, on craft, just a few seed and red trials so you can promote yield um, in the winter malt. Um, and I suppose, look, there, there, is, there is plenty of data to see from, uh, from the trials that we're doing or the farm demos. Um, but I suppose it is, it is um, good to note that while crop spring barley crops aren't performing like like you like you would like to have them uh, due to lack of moisture, it is having an effect on these trials as well that we're not seeing as much as we'd like. But there is there is differences still to be seen. Um, look, and I suppose of a normal year we we'd have um, we'd have plenty of of farm walks on these farms and we'd be able to go in and see the trials. But uh, obviously this year that can't happen. Um, but there will be a series of videos on, on our farm demos or our trials that, that will be out uh, post-harvest and we'll see all the results um, in the videos. Okay, it's good. it's good to follow any of those kind of demos all the way through to harvest. It's, um, I suppose it's grand to see the potential greening differences maybe at certain points in the year, but to actually measure it towards harvest, I think is, is, is the right way to go. I, I just want to ask you a final question, uh, Owen, and that's a kind of about... Um, Kind of growers wrapping up for the season, if you like, and 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 with grass weeds in mind. Um, I suppose wild oats are certainly one that people would be very familiar with. Um, but you also have some of the more tricky ones coming in now, with the likes of uh, canary grass and, and and even black grass. What sort of uh, advice, or is it still applicable for spring barley, malt and barley growers to 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 um, control them at this stage? Yeah, I suppose uh, like as. 
as they, these harmful uh, grasses kind of develop, you can see them above the crop, I suppose. And, and really, if you're a grower, to ID or identify where the problem is in the field and, and to try and make sort of a weed map um, of, of where these harmful grasses are so that we know coming back next year that, um, that, that we can treat maybe that the section where it's bad in a different way or we can try and do a stubble cultivation for, for different grass weeds um, at post-harvest to try and help control. But I suppose before harvest, before we get that far, if hand roguing is, is an option uh, for, the, for these grasses or wild oats or maybe canary grass or, or different things might be especially applicable to, to spring barley, uh, no, roguing is, is very important um, to prevent that seed return uh, before harvest. Okay, Owen, thank you very much for your time. Uh, and look, we'll be back to you again, perhaps before the uh, harvest is out. That's it for the Tillage Edge this week, and my thanks to Owen for joining me on the podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you never miss an episode, and for more farming news, go to chagas.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy, thanks for listening, and I'll be back next week with more Tillage news and advice.